Greetings, programs and users. It is time once again for another episode of Old Nerds Drinking. I'm John Patrick, the Master Control Program. Here with me again is Rojan. Hello. Greetings. How are you? I'm actually posting the video that I just did of us on Facebook Live. He's not paying attention. I am paying attention now. My phone is down, and I'm looking at this bountiful assortment of alcoholic beverages that are before because we are old nerds, and we are about to get fucked up. I am not going to get that fucked up, but we are definitely old oh, nerds, no. and we definitely are going to be oh, drinking. We are definitely drinking, folks. Um, the reason the episode last week was late, it did not get posted till uh, Friday the 6th, was because I took my first vacation in almost two years. Dude, okay. It's summertime. Even my show, I'm putting on a, a somewhat of a hiatus. The episode's going to come out when it's going to come out. We've been stuck inside for over a year, and now we're all going out and doing things. We're all catching up. We're all doing things. Plus, summer is here. We've all got families. So saying the show is taking a break should not bother you. You know, it shouldn't, you know, no one's going to care. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it's, it's your show. You do what you're going to do. Just... Yeah. See, my problem is I am 100% a creature of habit. I get that. And... All I was it, there for many years with Project Archivist. Yeah. All it takes is for me to get out of a routine like once, and it's almost impossible for me to get back in it. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll drag you back in. The people will drag you back right. in. So we, when I went on this trip, I went with my family up to Mackinac City. We spent a day on the island. Uh, we drove to Traverse City one day. Then we went to the UP. And I... The two things I love to collect when I am on vacations, I don't buy a lot of shirts, I don't buy a lot of tchotchkes. Are venereal diseases and alcohol. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but yes, it is books and it is alcohol. And on this on this journey, I think I bought over $150 worth of local history books. And God knows I probably spent about $200 on booze. So... We are going to, for the first part of this show, be doing a tasting of some of the amazing things I found and brought back. Now, for people who are not from Michigan, because we know we have listeners all over the place, when we say the UP, Michigan has the Lower Peninsula and the Upper Peninsula, which really it should be two separate states. But um, so you have to cross this big bridge called the Mackinac Bridge, which links the, you know, the, I almost said the country of Michigan, the so, state of Michigan together. So, So funny story. The reason there is a upper and lower peninsula is because the state of Michigan went to war with Ohio over the city of Toledo. And in the end, I, th I think one person was actually killed in this war. And the concession was we gave Ohio Toledo. And in the end, we got the, in the upper peninsula as part of Michigan. It's what? beautiful, but there's nothing really up there. There's no... Oh, oh, no, sir. No, no, no. At the time, it was one of the known most mineral-rich tracts yes. of land. That was before they discovered copper up there. Yeah. And for almost 33 years, it was the largest copper-producing state in the world. Now it's the largest marijuana-producing state, I believe. I think there's us in Colorado, because... In northern Michigan, you used to go up towards the tip, and there used to be – Michigan's just known the for the, the – uh, yes, just the tip. The the tip of the mitten. Like everybody – like you're probably like me. When somebody says, where are you from? You hold up your right hand because Michigan looks like a right hand, and you point on your hand where you live in the state. 
you know. So, uh, but in northern Michigan, if you look at your right hand up towards the top, I'd say your second finger, uh, third finger over, right around that area is an area called Traverse City. And what northern Michigan was known for for the longest time was growing hops and cherries. Well, now that marijuana is legal in Michigan, you're seeing all these pot farms because there's just huge trucks of land. She's got huge trucks of land. Um, so people now pretty much just grow hops, marijuana, and cherries uh, in northern Michigan. That's pretty much what it is. So, so as a result, all of these little breweries and distilleries are also popping up all over the place in northern Michigan. So our first uh, beverage of the evening. What do we have? This is... This Salted is... Caramel Porter from Pigeon Hills Brewing Company in Geegan, Michigan. Let me um, wash my mouth out here to cleanse the palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a huge porter guy. I do love a good porter. I love a good stout. And this is a dark beer. Uh, and let's get a clink for the... Uh... Do you know where the term porter came from? Mm, nope. It's from the shipyards. When ships would come into shore... The people that would unload all the stuff off of the ships were called porters. So as a result, I can see the face. Ladies and gentlemen, John has a face of ecstasy right now. And you, he, he's just transcended existence for a brief moment and went to another realm. But anyway, so, the beer was named after the people. They would go to these bars and they wanted a more robust beer that was hardier. Plus, they'd been working all day. They were hungry and so forth. And that's how the term porter came about. Yeah. This has been another useless fact. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <Dick. laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm gonna take my taste. Congratulations. Off. First off, the first rule of porters is they have a very selective temperature where they taste best. They need to be slightly colder than room temperature. If you put it in the fridge and it's like fridge cold, it's just gonna taste bitter. If you let it get too warm, it's just gonna taste too bitter. But if you get it in that butter zone, you're going to taste malt. In this one, you're going to taste a little bit of caramel. I'm not tasting that. I'm tasting the malt. Mm -hmm. It's good. It is good. Don't oh. get me wrong. It is It is very delicious. It is a good porter. It's not too bitter. It's mm -hmm. very smooth. It's got a lot of goodness to it, but oh, I'm not that, tasting... It's velvety to... Oh. Yeah, it's got the velvetiness, but I'm not tasting the caramel or the saltedness of it. I'm really not picking up those caramel notes. It could just be because I whiffed on a, a Del Taco $6 combo pack and my, my palate's a little off, but... Del Taco, the official taco place of old nerds drinking. Yes, we've brought it up many times. Yeah. Well, primarily because they were like, hey, Taco Bell, you messed up on the Mexican pizza. fuck you, Taco Bell. Yeah, so... So, I, it's good. It is good, but I can't. I can't taste. I'm a little disappointed that I can't taste the caramel or the saltedness. Yeah, it. I mean, I'm I'm getting light caramel, but yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still it's oh, still good. Oh, it's it still is good. good. I would I would drink it again without a problem. Yeah. It's it's nice. It's smooth. It's very velvety. Mm -hmm. You don't have to finish it because, like I said, we're gonna have a lot. We're gonna have a lot. Yeah, but it's good. I want to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so, do you want to go to another beer or do you want to go ah. to spirits? Let's switch it up with spirits. Again, all let right, me take right. a drink to cleanse the old palate here, which I mm -hmm. suggest you do, too. Do you have anything over there, like water or anything like that? No, no I don't. Okay. Of course not. Ah, uh, okay. So so what are we going to drink here? we got the two glasses in front of me. We're going we're gonna to drink the ice glass. Okay, the ice glass. Uh, so, what is this concoction? Because I know you are a uh, alchemist as far as alcohol so, is concerned. So I've been drink or I've been listening to a uh, one of these quintessential cyberpunk uh, novels called Hardwired. Which is, in fact, the novel that the Artelsorian role-playing game Cyberpunk was based off of. And one of the main characters, 
Uh, her drink of choice is a rum and lime. So what we are drinking... Did so you just drop your dice? Uh, no, actually, it was a uh, bottle of aspirin. <laughs> so what we are drinking is Mackinac Island Rum Company's Aged Rum. And this is actually right on the island. It's a little bar, uh, like right when you get off the ferry. At the crossroads of the Great Lakes is a refuge for all sailors seeking shelter from the bustle and grind of nautical life. It's a place to pause, to reflect, and to raise a glass with those we love most. Finished with a fudge, with a fudge, of our handcrafted Great Lakes style rum is a warm greeting and friendly postcard from Mackinac Island, a true sailor's paradise. Are we clinking again? Yeah, we can clink. So this is just um, an ounce and a half of rum and about half an ounce of lime juice. All I'm going to say is I'm glad we got Banjo Jones with here tonight to drive me home if I get too fucked up, thanks to you. We do have Banjo in the studio. He's he's over digging through uh, Warhammer 40k bits. Yeah, he, he's digging through the miniature collection. Um, but yeah, this is a oh, little too much lime for you. It's got a bite. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know what it is? It's, it's after drinking that porter and then drinking this. It's a huge contrast of flavors. Mm-hmm. And the bite just kind of like just took my tongue and just suplexed it for the most part. It just it just kicked my tongue's ass. Yeah, it's a little wow, it's a little bit too much lime. The rum seems to be smooth though. It doesn't seem like oh, it's yeah, bad rum yeah. if I could taste it. And it's fresh lime juice served in ice. So it's a little little the water helps mellow it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not enjoying this as much as I did the beer, but I think it's because um it's it's just such a a contrast of flavors. So Okay, well I tell you what we'll do. We'll either sip on these or we'll take a conversation break for a little bit. And we will talk about the fact that last week the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer dropped. <sighs> what the what is this sigh? I don't of... know. I mean, okay, here's the thing. I, I'm definitely looking forward to this more than I looked forward to the last iteration of Ghostbusters. Nobody looked forward to the last iteration of Ghostbusters. Um the trailer, I'm a little bummed out because we didn't get to see any of the original cast, which we know is going to be in the movie. You did. Just, well, kind of. Like, are they dead? What's the? Are they all dead now in this movie? No. Or, I don't know. I don't know any. Okay. I, okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> in the last scene of the trailer, yes, they're watching uh, an old, the original Ghostbusters commercial on yes. YouTube. Gotcha. And it it gives the old phone number. And then it goes to the 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 title card and all mm-hmm. that and that, and at the ve- after all that, if you watch at the end, you see a red phone ringing. Okay. In a bookstore, and a hand picks up the phone, and it's Dan Aykroyd saying, "We're closed." Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't see that. Yes, because I know they're all supposed to. Well, everybody that's alive is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially the phone rings that raise a cult, mm-hmm. his bookstore, and they're experiencing the the spooky, and so they call Ray. Mm-hmm. Well, they call the Ghostbusters number, which apparently goes gets transferred to the phone number for Ray's occult. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it a shot. I'll go see it. You know. All right, let's try the uh, let's try the small glass of whatever. This is bourbon, I believe. Okay, are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. This is Grand Traverse Distillery Solera Bourbon. 
bourbon whiskey finished in cognac barrels. American oak barrel, cognac barrels, high vanilla toasted oak barrels. Now, doesn't bourbon have to be aged in in just barrels for it to be bourbon? Okay, so... um, Otherwise, it's just whiskey. By definition, it has to have a 51% corn mash. Yep, got that. It has to be... It has to be aged in charred new oak uh, or new American oak barrels for up for at least 18 months. So they probably just they probably put it in the barrels for 18 months and then transferred and then that it's over. Finished. So on the back, our story. I grew up in a family farm in Michigan. Only one day in the hayloft, I discovered three well-used whiskey jugs. Grandpa George, a Polish immigrant was putting grain to good use. Fast forward to 2005. We opened Grand Traverse Distillery, Northern Michigan's first craft distilleries. We used only local grain. We distill and bottle every spirit we sell. No shortcuts. Grandpa George would be proud. This was... uh, They have a tasting room in downtown Traverse. Mm Mm-hmm. And for $5, you can taste four (laughs) of their various spirits. And if you buy a bottle of any spirit, you get refunded, or they don't charge you the price of the, the tasting. That's clever. So they have just a, a standard bourbon, and then this is their um, higher shelf bourbon that has been double aged. So to be clear, though, they aged it in the regular barrels first, and then they transferred them to cognac. And then they barrels. transferred them to okay. cognac. Barrels. I was wondering how they get around the the rules with all that stuff. Yeah. And I am a fan of cognac, so yeah. All right, here it gets uh, some clinking. Okay, let's try this. Now this is straight bourbon. Gotcha. So yeah. Well, it's not like the last bourbon you gave me it was like 150 proof or some shit like that. It was. Well, that was single barrel cask strength. Yes. This is good. Oh yeah. This is really good. It's very smooth. It's very sweet, though. It, it well, I mean, and there's the burn. <laughs> Ooh, that burn! Oh, man! Oh, uh, it's this is good. I like this. This, yeah, this, this is the good stuff. This, um, wow! Look at the legs in the glass there. It's thick. Yeah, it's got a little. It's got some sugar in it of some kind. Well, I'm the cognac. It's fifty. I was gonna say it's fifty-one percent corn. Yeah. Corn is sugar. Yeah. Oh. It's got legs in the glass. It's good. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah, yeah, I like this. This, this is nice. Mm. Yeah, it's all right. I'm digging that. I'm gonna go back and drink another uh, drink. Drink of the uh, the what? Yeah, the stout. Mm-hmm. Or the porter. I mean, the porter. Porter. But uh, I have, mm. dude. Ghostbusters Afterlife, man, is the movie I have been waiting for since ghostbusters 2 well i'm definitely going to see it because the original people are involved so you know it's in good hands except for it's reichman's son who directed it yes and but his his right his dad's there with him yeah so there there were some production videos of him on the set and like it's him and his dad doing it it's like oh man i gotta go to work with my dad every day and i mean they were just playing it up for laughs but it was uh, they spent a long time trying to get this and make it a true continuation of the original Ghostbuster story. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to denigrate the uh, female Ghostbusters movie or Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, and 
the the actresses <clears throat> who are in it are all very funny people in everything I've ever seen them in. But it was you made a Ghostbusters movie that completely ignored the canon and it completely ignored the tone of the original Ghostbusters. Like the original Ghostbusters, it was a suspenseful movie. It was not comedy all the time and comedy just for comedy's sakes. It was, there was some scary shit happening sometimes and then like little moments of levity to break it. Mm -hmm. And that was completely lost in Ghostbusters Answer the Call. It was, it was more of a Mel Brooks Ghostbusters movie than it was a continuation of the Ghostbusters franchise. And it, it just didn't have the heart of the original Ghostbusters. And, you know... It had its fans, though. Yeah. You know, it's and, just like and, all, and it the, is the, the last set of Star Wars movies, right. you know? And, and yeah, so. and it completely can be its own thing. And I like that they did make it not set in the original Ghostbusters universe because that allows it to be its own thing. It doesn't have to... It's not that this new Ghostbusters movie has to worry about how that fits in the canon. No, that's its own separate thing. And I think even in the Ghostbusters comic books by IWI, they did like a crossover thing because in the Ghostbusters comic books, they deal the, they dealt a lot with parallel universes. So there's that. But yeah, dude, first of all, my son loves Ghostbusters. Like it, if I, I have the Ghostbusters theme song on my playlist, um, or like my oldies playlist. And like when that comes on, he's rocking out. If it's, like, a day where he's homesick, he's like, Dad, can we watch Ghostbusters? And I'm like, yes, we can absolutely watch, watch Ghostbusters. So how do you feel about Ghostbusters, the sequel? This was Ghostbusters 2. <sighs> Not as good, but a good movie. Like, let's be honest. Ghostbusters 2 was a cheap money grab. It was. It was, yes. The studios were like, holy crap. But that it had was, some funny stuff yeah, in it. Yeah, it had some funny stuff, but it, uh, you could tell a lot of it was forced. Yeah. And, it, and you hear stuff afterwards, and it was... They weren't as passionate about it because mm -hmm. it was kind of just the studios demanded a sequel because the first one was such an unmitigated success. Yeah. And I mean, the plot's okay. It It's the same thing with the other one. It didn't have exactly the same heart as the original Ghostbusters, but it it's, it was still close enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'm not going to I'm not going to down it till I see it. You know, so I, oh, I, I, oh, yeah. I'll reserve my, that's one of these movies that I will respectfully reserve my opinion. And but right now I'm just not, I just don't care that much about it, but I'm sure I'll see it. Right. And in the trailer, they, uh, Annie Potts does show up that, that she's in there, mm -hmm. um, and references kind of her character. Um, you know, Paul Rudd's in it. Paul Rudd's amazing. Mm -hmm. And anything to get his profile a little higher, uh, since we had to beg Marvel to give us the third Ant-Man movie. We had to beg them seriously. Oh they yeah, they had, do it. They had no intentions of doing a third Ant Man movie. Hmm. And I didn't and, know that. This is yeah, news to me. Yeah, and the fan base was kind of like, no, no, Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp were really good movies. We we want more Ant Man. Mm -hmm. Well, from what I understand, this is th this will conclude their story, Ant Man and the Wasp, because he's going to hand it over to Stature, which is going to be in the Young Avengers. Mm. That's how it was before, because his daughter is going to be into it. I mean, it was going to be in it. And she, in the comic book, she took over for her dad. Mm -hmm. Well, and that was part of the uh, the reasoning to Marvel why they recast his daughter for the age forward, mm -hmm. because they wanted somebody who was a little older that they could put into the new Avengers. 
Well, is it going to be the new Avengers or the young Avengers? I think it's good. Because you can see the young Avengers falling together in the background. Right. Because you've got Kid Loki. You've got the girl that Hawkeye is training in the Hawkeye series coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got the the Miss Marvel girl. You've got, um, well, even Kang. Kang for a while was in the young Avengers as as Iron Man. And then Ironheart. uh, That's coming. So you can see where the Young Avengers are coming. Again, we've talked about this before. I'm more excited about the stuff that's happening behind the scenes than the major movies that are coming. And now we've got Kingpin coming to the Hawkeye show. Confirmed. That is is for sure happening. So if Kingpin's coming, you know that Matt Murdock and Daredevil are coming. So, you know. Which is good because Charlie Cox was amazing as Daredevil I in the think, Marvel show, in the, yeah, the Netflix show. So many people demanded that Charlie Cox come back as Daredevil. I've heard and I've read rumblings that they're thinking about bringing Jessica Jones back. And the Punisher, I believe, is also coming back. That was another person yeah, where people said, yeah. bring this Punisher character back. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, a, I was a little surprised. Um, I, I had completely forgotten that we were less than a week from Marvel What If?, yeah, next Wednesday. At the mm-hmm. time of this recording, it'll be next Wednesday. And I wasn't excited about it, but now I am. Because I've seen what's coming, and the fact that all of the original actors, including Chadwick Boseman before he died, yeah. have all come back to redo it. But I was I just found this out. Apparently, they recast Drax's voice. They didn't bring Drax back. Aww. They didn't... Yeah, well, there's... Apparently, there's stuff... Well, there's stuff going on between Drax and Marvel. For one, he wants out. He um, he said he's done because he doesn't want to go shirtless anymore. And there's a whole <laughs> well, bunch of other weird reasons. Well, so, I think um, Marvel's just like, you know what? We, we really... Sure, just go do your movie and get the hell out of our hair. You know? The actor is David Batista. Yeah. D- David Batista. And he he really does want to be a more serious actor. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about this in another episode. Like... Uh, well, he was great in Blade Runner. Well, that was it. It yeah. was, he said that his performance in Blade Runner did more for his, like, really pushing him forward as a serious actor than his roles in Marvel. Well, shit, he's going to be in Dune. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's kind of set. I mean, he's uh, he's going to be cemented pretty well, you know, from right. this point on, I would right. assume. Um, you know? Yeah, like, like we said, it, and Dune really showed his range mm-hmm. that, um He's more than just the muscle guy or the Bond villain that doesn't speak. It's kind of funny because we've seen this story before. We've seen all of these actors that were former wrestlers, you know, right. come out and do not bad. You know, you've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You've got, uh, well, now you've got Cena and, and Suicide Squad 2. Uh, well, d- I was Cena in Suicide Squad 2. Cena in uh, fucking... Fast and the Furious, whatever number they're on. Yeah, I quit paying attention to that a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, I am beginning to get a slight buzz, by the way. Buzz. Buzz. Um, But yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very interested in the what if now, because now with the whole Loki thing, the what ifs are now canon. Right. They are not so much what if this happened, it's this did happen in an alternate timeline. Right. So now it's like, oh, okay. But I didn't realize is apparently Chadwick Boseman recorded a few episodes of that before he passed. Right. And he was very enthusiastic about doing it. Apparently, um, there was a, a YouTube channel I was walking, watching that was talking about it, and he was he was very excited to be doing that, and he loved doing those those things. So, so it's going to be cool just, so, to, just so, to watch it for Chadwick Boseman, you know? From what I can tell in the trailers, there's going to be the episode of what if Peggy Carter became Captain America yep. or Captain Britain. Yeah. Um, there's the... What, what if Spider-Man became Doctor Strange? 
Yep, uh, which was a, a famous uh, like that was that was one of the what if comic books. Like I remember that issue, and we know we know for a fact that in the new Spider Man movie, Spider Man will be getting a magic Spider Man suit because the toy companies have already started. They're already releasing press photos of the toys that are coming out, mm-hmm. and one of the toys that they're re- coming out with is a Spider Man costume with magic sigils and stuff on it. Right, and it's called the ma- the magic co- the magic suit. Yeah, and then you know, um, another one of the episodes will be uh, the Chadwick Bosman one. Is uh, what if uh, he T'Challa became Star Lord? Yeah. And um, then there's uh, the zombie episode. Ugh, fucking the zombie episode. Well, Bucky Barnes is going to be in that one. I can't remember who all is going to be in it, but B- Bucky's also going to be in quite a few of them, from what I understand. Yeah. And then there's uh, what if uh, Killmonger became Iron Man? Yeah. That, that's all the ones that I know about. I think I can't think of any more. Yeah. There's another. Well, I think there's a scene where they show Star Lord with the Avengers, and I think that's like what if. Uh, like as part of the what if T'Challa became Star Lord is that what if Peter because he's there Peter Quill becomes the leader of the Avengers or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's I mean we've we've mentioned multiple times I love Marvel What If it's one of my favorite comics. You know one of the movies I'm really looking forward to is I'm really looking at uh, more to the Miles Morales into the Spider Verse two. Mm-hmm. Because that 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 the Miles Morales Spider Man cartoon that movie it was great I think I've watched it three times. <laughs> oh, this is going to be an interesting side story. So uh, this morning I woke up for to get out for work, and I'm in the shower and I get out and my my daughter's like, Dad, can you come fix the computer? So I go down to fix the computer. I'm like, Well, what's wrong? She's like, It's not working. And I look and there's no internet connectivity. Oh, no. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, just reset the router. And it's not. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just this router. And I check for my Wi-Fi signal. No connectivity. So I go down and I look at the uh, the um, the modem. And there there's no connectivity on the modem. So I'm like, okay, well, I pull out my phone. And I check on the, because my phone's cellular, I check on the Facebook page for the Wyandotte Municipal Services. A good portion of the city has no power, no cable, and no internet. So we lucked out. We were in the section that ju- that had power, but we still didn't have cable or internet. So my kids got to experience a whole day of the 1980s. Oh, it's like, yeah, you can have this computer, but the computer's not hooked up to the internet, so you can only do non-internet stuff on it. There's TV, but you're only getting the antenna channels because there's no cable. Um, you can watch a movie. Remember, we've got movies, <laughs> and all day I'm checking on. They don't the... have bikes or anything like that to go ride, or. Well, I mean, they do, but that would require them to go outside. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I've got to go to work, and they're home by themselves. And I, I checking every day or every couple of hours on the the city Facebook page, and it's like, nope. Halfway through the day, they got all the power up. And they found out that the networking stuff that controls the internet for the whole city went down. And now they're trying to troubleshoot how to get it back up. So I think at about three o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon, I get a call from or a text message from my daughter. My son is dropping things on his foot so that he can hurt himself and try and blame it on my daughter who's in charge. And she'll get in trouble. What? Because they're fighting over the TV. Oh, my God. 
man. <laughs> because they can't agree what movie to watch on. And I'm like, oh my God, it's me and my sisters all over again. You know, a couple of this, this really has not a lot to do with what we're talking about. It just made a pop in my head. A couple of weeks ago, me and the wife went to the beach. Um, and we haven't been in a couple of years. And it was nice because there was nothing else to do there except for either A, go in the water or just sit on the beach. And I like just sat there and read because I had, I was forced to, because I had nothing else to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and I I mean, I could have hung on my phone, but I'm like, no. So I sat in the chair with the umbrella over top of me, blocking the sun. And I read like half of a book and then I went and went out of the water and I was like, man, it was, it was nice not to be distracted by all of the stuff that we have, you know? Right. So, so, so the, the. The final credits of this story is the fact that as I got home, like two minutes after I got home, the internet started working. (laughs) But, but going to what you were talking to, like that was, that was the thing for me was like this whole trip up North. I barely had cell phone signal. Mm -hmm. Like we were like when we're on the Island, um, only certain cell phone carriers got really good signal on the island, mm-hmm. and it wasn't mine. Um, and I have an older generation T-Mobile phone, so I'm only 4G. My daughter has a 5G phone, so she could get a signal, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole time we're on the island, I didn't have cell phone service. Uh, the whole time we were in the UP, didn't have cell phone service. See, that's that's what's screwy, because you've been vaccinated, so you have the chip in you, so therefore, yeah, no, you I, should get great service. Well, no, and, no, you know. no. The chip gives 5G, and I told you I don't have a 5G phone. Oh, so you're, okay, so, so the I've chip done, was transmitting, but your phone wasn't picking up. Yeah, your that's why my daughter, okay, that's okay, why my okay. daughter got such okay. good signal. Because she's she, been vaccinated. No, not yet. The, oh. She can't get vaccinated to her tw- till her 12th birthday, Yeah, which is in two days. Yeah. So... Her birthday present is like the week after she's got an appointment and we're getting her vaccination getting shot. Getting her chipped, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Happy birthday, baby. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, it was so nice. Like we went, so we spent the, we got up there on a Thursday. Um, Friday, we spent the whole day on the island and we did, I've never been above Traverse City. Yeah. Again, people outside of Michigan have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's it's northern. It's it's like the very tip of the bottom half of Michigan. Right. Um, and then Mackinac yeah. Island is this magical island that you got to take a ferry to get out to. There are no cars on this island; only nope. horses and bicycles. Um, it's fudge shops everywhere. Yeah, literally, it's like, hi, welcome to Mackinac. There's 19 fudge shops here and a couple of little things here and there. And people live on that island yeah. all year long. So there's uh, um, about 500 full-time residents on the island. Um, there's the, uh, Grand Mackinac Hotel, which is like, uh, I believe a historic site. Yeah. Movies have been filmed there as well. Uh, there's the governor's summer, summer residence. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you, the only car on the entire island is they have a police car and a fire engine. Mm -hmm. Um, there's an airfield, uh, cause when it's winter, the only ways to get on the island are the ferry comes once or twice a day, or if the uh, lake completely freezes over, you can snowmobile across. Uh, but you, you're you only allowed to have vehicles on private property. So there's golf carts on the golf courses, but you can't drive the golf carts mm-hmm. off the golf courses. Yeah. Um, you go down the streets and like the entire lines of the streets are all bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's horse-drawn carriages that 
move cargo. Like uh, we got off the dock and there is a flatbed carriage being pulled by three draft horses and there's Amazon packages all over the back of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, they have one that picks up the trash. Um, they, the, uh, the company that runs the, the horse services has the largest draft horse herd in the United States. They have, uh, at the peak of the island, there's like 500 draft horses on the island. Um, there's a taxi service on the island that's a horse-drawn carriage that operates all year long. I'm surprised they don't have rickshaws there. Yeah, no, because, I mean, it, it's, I mean, instead you'd have a bicycle. Yeah. Um, so we did all the touristy stuff. We went to all the little kitschy shops. Um, we went to the, the historics, uh, fort there because there's been a military fort there since, oh God, the 1700s. Um, uh, we did the horse-drawn carriage tour around the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the tourist usual stuff. Well, it's funny because, uh, we decided to stop somewhere for lunch and we're looking around trying to find like one of the restaurants somewhere and we find this like, uh, it was called the Mustang, and it's off on one of the side streets. And we're like, oh, okay, there's not a, really a line there, so we'll go there. Turns out that's the place all the locals go. <laughs> and it's the only restaurant that's open all year round. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them are only open for the tourist season. Yeah. So we went there, then we walked up the giant hill to do, to the fort, and we got to see them fire the cannons and do a rifle drills. Then we did the horse-drawn carriage tour. So... You take one carriage to get up to the top of the hill, and then you get off at this little, uh, the where the carriage company has like a little area set up, and then you take another carriage that's uh, like a, essentially a off-road carriage, and it takes you all through the state park. But where they have this like landing, uh, they have a blacksmith shop there, they have a butterfly garden there, they have like another little bud shop and tourist or souvenir shop there and at the blacksmith shop they have one of the guys who was on forging fire on netflix and he does like knife making demonstrations there so that was kind of cool we got to see him do uh knife making did you buy a knife i did not um they had a they had an option where you could make a knife with him but they like you have to book in advance because yeah. they were booked like four days in advance. I totally would have done that if I could. Oh, same here, same here. I'm all about blacksmithing and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff, you know. And then I found the greatest souvenir, and I was at, it was one of the bookshops there, and they had a Mackinac the, Mackinac Island dice tray. It was one of those leather yeah. folding dice trays, but it yeah. had been laser cut, so it had like Mackinac Island. So it looked like the logo that you'd find on a t-shirt, yeah. but it was a dice tray. Isn't it cool how like, I mean, some people are probably get annoyed about this, but how how our culture, like geek culture, gaming and all this stuff is now becoming more and more mainstream that you'd be, like be someplace that far removed. Age of the geek, baby. We run the world. So find something like that. Yeah. But now it's kind of balanced out where the scales are going back in the opposite direction and more and more people are getting back into, well, the last Gen Con down in Indiana was so massive. The last few of them were so massive that they, the building was already pretty big where Gen Con is held at. There is the Amsoil Stadium right next to it. They've actually had to go and branch into that stadium and to the outlying hotels because the Gen Con Convention Center is no longer able oh, yeah, yeah. to handle the massive crowds that come for this for these gaming conventions. You know, and I want to go back, but... 
the problem was when you walk into Gen Con, it's just like, I need $2,000 just to spend on all kinds of stuff that I really don't need, but I do need it, you know? Oh, oh dude, when I go to Adepticon every year, I budget about a grand just for spending money. So being that we're having this conversation about conventions, have you seen Adepticon grow? Is it, is it, is it, is it still continuing to grow, in your opinion, or...? Well, I don't know, because okay. um, I had only been going to Adepticon for like three years before COVID. Okay. So um, the only con I've been going to long enough to see grow is two cons. Um, it would have to be uh, the Motor City Comic Con yeah. and PenguinCon. Yeah. So like, I went to like one of the f- second or third PenguinCons when it was at my hotel, and it was a pretty small con, and... At the time, the guest of honor was a very early in his career, Neil Gaiman. Uh-huh. Uh, so I got to meet Neil Gaiman, and he is 100% exactly as charming in real life as he is in, in media and when you see him in yeah. interviews. Um, so, yeah, that that was amazing. Because um, I remember taking my wife to the Motor City Comic Con, God, probably six years ago. It was right when the, well, it actually was longer than that. It was, it was right after the Avengers had just come out. The Avengers movie came out. And it was big, and then the following years after that, it grew exponentially every year oh, after yeah, that yeah. because of the success of the Marvel movies. And everybody was like, it is directly because of the success of Marvel, the Marvel movie franchises, that this comic book convention is growing. Um, and also, then you had the Star Wars movies come out and stuff, so the next generation of Star Wars movies was there. But these conventions, these these geek nerd conventions, are growing more and more and more all the time now. Yeah. You want to pause for the toilet break? And we're back. After that brief break, we're coming back with our next drink. This is Captain Pyle's Pilsner, and this is brewed at the North Channel Brewing Company in Manistee, Michigan. And it does not say anything cool about it, but it is a Pilsner, not a shitty IPA. I will commend you. None of these are shitty IPAs. Because I don't buy shitty IPAs. I, I think I've drank of all of the hundreds of IPAs that I've sampled. I've only found two that I like, and I don't remember what they are because I just care. I just don't care about IPAs at all. Yeah. All right. So here. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. This is drink number four. Yeah. <laughs> there uh, was the stout. Uh, yeah. Rah, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. There was there was the stout. There was the bourbon. There was the rum. So yeah, this is drink number four. Prost. Skull. It's all right. Yep, it's a pilsner. It's definitely a pilsner. Yeah, it's it, it's got it, that tartness that hits your it hits your tongue. It's like, hey, fuck you, come here. Yep, yep. Come here, taste buds. Um, it's not bad. It's it, it's definitely a pilsner. Yeah, it's this is what Bud this is what Budweiser should taste like. Pilsners are such a pain in the ass to make though because they got to be cold fermented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, of all the years that I've made beers, I've always just made ales or porters. Yeah, sometimes stouts, but um. I've had a couple of good, really good Polish Pilsners, because that's kind of the reason, the region that Pilsners come from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this isn't too bad. This is okay. I still enjoy the salted caramel thus far. That That's the best. Well, that and the cognac, the cognac uh, bourbon is really good. Oh, yeah. That this bourbon. is okay. This I, I don't know if I would buy this all the time, but this is like if somebody, like, giving, I, I'll drink this. Yeah, this is, this is like it's what like I, I'm not going to drink it just to be polite. This is something to actually taste with, but I don't know if I would go out and buy this. Yeah, this is what I would have in my house instead of Budweiser. Yeah. It's like uh, somebody, oh, hey, give me, uh, do you have a Bud? No, no. No, here, no. Here, have this. 
No, um, no, no, you give them the bud so you don't drink. They don't drink the good beer. Yeah, it's like that beer cooler that I've got at my house. Okay, side tangent. Um, John already knows this. When people come over to my house, I have this fire pit in the backyard, and I really like sitting outside by the fire pit. So I have this refrigerator on my back porch. It's got a sliding top on it, and we will go to the um, discount drinks store that we've mentioned on this show several times. And we'll I'll go to the back of the store where they have the section where alcohol goes to die. And they sell these really cheap six packs of beer sometimes that are just getting a little bit too old. So I'll buy a whole bunch of that beer and just throw it in the cooler. So when people come over the house, I'll be like, you want a beer? Go ahead and grab one. Well, everybody, yeah, I'll have a beer. Sure. So everybody goes over. And I'm like, it's blah, blah, blah beer, but it's beer. Okay, it's beer. I'll drink it. But I keep the good beer in the house in my private cooler, like in my in one of my studios. You know. <laughs> so I, I keep the crap beer outside. It's full of, it's full of various forms of soda. Um, carbonated waters and shit beer, but yeah. some of the shit beer hasn't been that bad. No, yeah. So see, it, it's it's like the old man law written upon the Ten Commandments. The dude bro law says that when your ha- when your buddy gives you a beer, you drink it. Your favorite type is free, and your yeah. uh, your second favorite type is cold. Yeah, like I, that's that's usually where my IPAs come from. So I'm like, you know, do you want an IPA? What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, he's uh, yep, he's uh, summoning the chi. Yep. That that was it. That was your burp chi. Yeah, that was kind of like I was expecting more out of that. I was expecting more out of that as well because you did the facial contortions. You put yeah, the seriousness. Yeah, I, I felt it. Face. I felt it, yeah, and it was, it was like, oh, yeah. You, you felt the Everest coming on, and then the eruption was just kind of yeah, mean. yeah. So, I don't. I, I expect more from you. So I don't know. Maybe if you drink more of the beer, the carbonation will get to you, and you'll be able to just fully grasp. Well, if you insist. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a challenge. I don't want you belching into the microphone over and over again. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> uh. But yeah, um, I was talking to my, getting back to the Gen Con thing real quick. I was talking to my buddy. He goes to Gen Con every year, except for last year, of course. And I was like, are you going to go to Gen Con this year? Because now his kids are getting old enough where they're going to start, they're starting the game. They're doing D&D. He's running, um, his kids are in their like just pre-teens and just early teens and I'm really, really envious of both you and him because when my kids were growing up, I was I so looked forward to sitting down and actually playing Dungeons and Dragons with them and introducing them to gaming and stuff. I really wanted to. And it just never happened. Life got in the way. So he's actually gaming with his kids now and he's running a neighborhood Dungeons and Dragons game for all the kids in the neighborhood. Of course it's simplified because they're right, kids. Right, right. But I'm still very envious because it's like you he has that he had that moment of this is what gaming is, you know, get off the computer, right? sit around socializing. Well, and it's uh, one of my friends, one of the guys I game with, his daughter's been gaming with us since she was 12 and yeah. she's 17 now. Yeah. Uh, last year, my daughter started playing with us and she's, she's still kind of new to it. And That's she's why still I always more... call her Blue Dragon when I see her. I'm like, hey, Blue Dragon, what's up? You know, <laughs> and she, she kind of grins like, your daughter's kind of weird with me. She's like, she's warming up to me. You right, know? right. But I, and I don't push it, but I'm like, hey, Blue Dragon, what's up? And I just leave it at that. But last time we were all hanging out, uh, I was actually asking her about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, so do you like playing? She's like, yeah. And she was telling me about how she plays in the game and stuff and all that. So I was trying to engage her as maturely as possible about her playing gaming right right and uh so my buddy you know his kids they're playing dungeons and dragons and he's got a 3d printer and he's printing stuff out now so we're all going to start playing Gaslands with his kids you know oh, just cool. a couple of us are going to go over there and uh because they've had all these matchbox cars and i guess their mom was going to throw them away and they're like no uncle Roe is going to come over and play Gaslands with us and now i have to do it because the kids were so through you know enthralled about it now right. i have to so i'm going to live vicariously through his kids because i couldn't game with my kids with my daughters um 
Well, this is this is a good good time to bring something up. Um, what fine what hit Kickstarter this week was the official Avatar: The Airbender RPG. Hmm. Yeah. It's something I knew was in the works for a while. Yeah, I kind of just want to download. Oh my god! Oh, that was wow. much better. I kind of just want to download Last of the Lancers because someone took Airbender and made it four five yeah, the, the, There is there is a. And it uh, looks really solid. So um, what? So of course I was a, a day one backer. I think I'm like seventy five dollars into the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, and. It's a system I'm not familiar with. It's the Powered by the Apocalypse system. Um, but the game is set up to run in five different eras. So it's not just you're playing like Avatar The Last Airbender. You're not or playing you're, Aang or whatever. Yeah, right. Korra. It's you're playing like uh, Avatar Kyoshi's era. Mm-hmm. So you can play like back during like when it was basically... The the benders were gods, and everybody was just a total badass. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can play in like the rise of Sojins or Sojin's era, so like it's a more of a political intrigue with Sojin like preparing the uh, the Fire Kingdom for what will be his eventual rise to power. Uh, then you can play during the Hundred Year War, so you can play it as kind of like you like if you want to be the resistance, you can you can play a Star Wars game where you're benders. I kind of um, want to. If I were to play, I would kind of want to play in the Korra era because it's mm-hmm. very steampunk. And and, that, and, and that, yeah, and then, then then you can play in Aang's era after the war, which is him rebuilding the world. Mm-hmm. And then the last era you can play in is Korra's era. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it, 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 there's a lot of different stuff going on, um, and it, it's really unique that it. it Let's you all through those different eras of play, and you can play it very different ways. This is how I know I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. When I was young, and I'm talking 12, 13, 14, again, I'm older than you, substantially. When I was young, and I first started getting into all of these games, um, I started with AD&D. Uh, Temple of Elemental Evil was the first Dungeons & Dragons thing we ever sat oh, down to play. Oh, fuck. And uh, we made it about halfway through, and then whatever, it all fell apart. But at the time, that was kind of the golden age of when TSR was just, it was still TSR. And they had Gamma World and Star Frontiers, and they had a game called Gangbusters, which was like a... Um, oh, a, they, they did Gangbusters, they yeah. did Star Frontiers, they did Gamma World, they did uh, an Indiana Jones RPG. The Marvel they did, Super Heroes role-playing game. They did the Marvel Super Heroes role-playing yeah. game. They did a James Bond RPG. Yep, then yep. they did Top Secret SI. Yes. Like, there was a lot of stuff. And it was kind of the golden age of role-playing games, and they were just getting started. And when I was a kid, I wanted to play all of these. I wanted to learn every rule system. Battletech, you know, that was in TSR, but these are the games that were growing when, right, I, when I was right. growing up. So I wanted to learn how to play. I wanted to play all of them. And now that I'm older, I'm getting old and curmudgeon where I'm like, man, I really don't want to go out and run a new rule system. When we tried to play Deadlands, um, Banjo was helping me play it. And for whatever, I know I know Deadlands and Savage Worlds is a fairly simple rule system. For whatever reason, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. And I liked playing it. I loved DMing because I like DMing more than I like playing, right, to be honest right. with you. I will DM anything. You know, I don't mind. I've got all those ideas in my head to do it. I'll play too, but I prefer DMing. But when we're playing Savage Worlds, I, I, I constantly go over and go over Banjo like, um, what do I do here? Would I roll this? Okay, what's that? And it just it just did not click with me for whatever reason. I just See, could not grasp I, it. I went super deep into Savage Worlds when it first came out to the point where like 
I was I was listening to podcasts about Savage Worlds. I was reading uh, like blogs about yeah. Savage Worlds, and I got comfortable to the point where it's because Savage Worlds was so generic. I could sit down and within an afternoon be relatively confident running almost anything in Savage Worlds. I like I like gaming systems that are here's the rule system. Do what you want with it. If you exactly. want to play Star Wars, you want to play D and D. You want to do here you go. And I love rule systems like that. There's Rift, Savage Worlds, GURPS was another one that was like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I like the concept of well, I want to play this role playing game, but it doesn't exist. Go buy this rule book and make the world, make right. the game that you right. want to have. And I love that because that kind of puts the power back into our hands. That doesn't restrict your creativity. But now I'm getting to a point where I'm getting old, and I'm like, man, I really just don't want to learn another rule system. Right. You know. Um. And, and yeah, like I just learned Savage Worlds to the point where it was, I knew it well enough that I could do almost anything in it. My, uh, my gaming group, we talked about running, wanting to run the division as a role playing game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, give me like a, give me like a week and I can run it in Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, just, just give me a week to sit down and think about it. And I did. And it was like, okay, so. In the Division video games, you have these, like, high-tech little gadgets. Um, like, you can put out turrets. You can have little drones that follow you around. You have little, like, baseball mines that roll around and chase people. Mm-hmm. And I sat around. And I was like, okay, well, um, I'm just going to build those gadgets using the magic powers. Um, so it works as magic power. You have power points. Yeah. And... You can use the power so many times, and then you have to wait for your magic points to recharge. You can do certain things. You can take certain perks that give you more magic points, and that means your things recharge faster. Um, and then as you upgrade them, it's just like you're upgrading the power. Yeah. And they were like, holy shit. Yeah, it's, I, I love flexible systems like that. That's another thing was like with systems like that, like with Savage Worlds is a great example if there's a world out there that you want to play in and you don't feel like creating it, chances are somebody online somewhere has created that. Oh yeah, system. yeah. There, there's a so, there's a couple of online repositories. I've seen, I've seen the Savage Worlds of My Little Pony. I've seen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that God, is a thing that wow. exists, oh and now God. you all know it. Oh my God. Um, oh. There, Man, I, I know people that would play that too. I do. I've, I've seen a couple of really good wow. uh, Star Wars versions of Savage Worlds. Um, I've seen a really good Borderlands port of Savage Worlds. Um, I've seen uh, there's some Shadowrun ports of Savage Worlds. Uh, yeah, there, there there is a lot out there if you know where to look. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Savagepedia was the website that used to host all of it. And you could just look up by genre what was available. And if you don't like a rule, you can just change it to fit yeah. what you need it to do. Yeah, see, this, the only thing is I just I could never grasp the concept of, of the raises and how the dice rolls and stuff work in Savage Worlds. I know it's easy, but my brain just can't we, wrap around it quite well. Well, and, and what always... <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as when me and Banjo and a few of the other people sat down to play the Paranoia role-playing game. <laughs> Which really doesn't have, it's got rules, but bare minimal rules. Well, and, and, and the thing <laughs> it's is. It's kind of like rules. Well, if you really want rules here. It's, the rules for Savage Worlds are basically just the rules for Deadlands, but they're streamlined. Mm-hmm. So I always, I always can't get over the fact that you know Deadlands, but you can't. I never quite knew Deadlands either. Oh, to okay. be honest with you. I always bullshitted my way through all of those games. Like, 
5.0, D&D, 4.0, 5.0, all those, my brain very quickly grasps D20 very simply. You know, and if, if, if it was like, okay, if there was conversions for D20 to play in any world, I would play D20 in any world. I mm-hmm. would play, you know, I would, you know I, I would do it that way if I could. And because my brain just doesn't work that way anymore. It doesn't work mathematically like that. It used to, but it doesn't anymore. Right. So, like, my way to process it, whereas D&D, I could sit down. I kind of want to play D&D just because I know I can run D&D with, with See, and, fairly and minimal bugging somebody what to do next and or that, whatever. And that's why I can't abide uh, the Fantasy Flight Games uh, Star Wars game that came out a while ago because it had custom dice that had... Like the faces were different symbols, and then depending on the symbols, were the outcome. Like you mean, you'd... like Gaslands? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like okay, this has two stars and a sword. Yeah, which means you got two good scores, but a bad score. So you may succeed, but something bad happens, and See, you you need an app. To read the dice. Yeah, no. And you're throwing different kinds of dice in there. So it's like, well, this is two good things on this die, but three bad things on this die. And having to coincide, they're like having to collate how all that fits together. See, this is another thing of me being an aging gamer now, because I'm I'm heading into my 50s. I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to hit the 5-0 next spring. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a hard time going out and buying new rules. For games I already have now, that's why I don't want to. Another reason why I don't want to buy the new Star Wars game because I've got two versions of Star Wars role playing game at home that I already have that I don't play. Well, Same thing with World of Darkness. I don't want to buy new World of Darkness books because I've already got World of Darkness books. Well, and plus the new Sa- or the new Sa- Star Wars role playing game by Fantasy Flight is out of print. Which, uh, yeah, that's another thing. Like these games come in, and they're gone. These properties come in, and they're gone. Okay, so here so, here is my big list of hard passes on RPGs. If these things are in your RPG, it is automatically a hard pass for me. First, if I have to buy more than one core rule book to get all the rules. So like with with the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game, they had a core rule book if you wanted to play the fringe. They had a core rule book if you wanted to play the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. They had a core rule book if you wanted to play like Force users. And so like you need four core rule books to run the game. I can kind of see that though. Fuck that. Like I am not and, and each of those core books is $60. So I'm not spending yeah, $240 to get the Four core rule books just to get all the base rules for the game. I'm not arguing with you on this. Yeah. So like, your next game, what's what's moving on? What's the next one? Um, it's going to be the Fantasy Flight Star Wars, I'm assuming. Or is that where does that fit? Well, in the I list? mean, it, the next one is custom dice. If it okay. takes custom dice, that's an automatic pass for yeah, me. Yeah, but you play Gaslands, and Gaslands requires custom dice. Gaslands isn't a Gaslands isn't a role playing game. Gaslands is a miniature game. Ah, there's where the distinctions there's come the in. Okay, we're de- we're developing um, rules here as we and go along. Yes, it's if the if the dice require, like, a whole separate guide to decipher. Mm-hmm. Like, when the Star Wars um, X-Wing game came out, yes, it used custom dice. But, essentially, those custom dice were just three results. So, it was either a blank, which means nothing. It was, uh, you succeeded, or you critically succeeded. And, and like, it's the red dice. You for, hit or miss. Yeah. 
and that was it. It was you roll your red dice to hit, you roll your green dice to defend, and if you roll more hits than the other person rolls defends, you hit. If they roll more defends, you pass. You don't need a guide to decipher the dice. Um, the Fallout role-playing game that Modif Modifius came out with, uh, it does require custom dice, but the custom dice are just D20s that have a different skew of results. So it's a D20 that only goes, I think, like 1 through 10. Mm -hmm. And it's there's more of certain numbers than there are other It's like Formula D dice. Right. Yeah. But now, going to the Fantasy Flight games, or actually in this place, I mean, you could go to Fudge, which has its own unique dice, but I just despise Fudge. That's a game. For anybody who doesn't know, Fudge is a gaming system. It's uh, the, the, well, There's the beer and pretzels gaming system, right. too. It's kind of what those are. Because that's why we mean you didn't like the Dresden Files role-playing game, because it uses the Fudge system. Right. Um, and again, the, we can just make Dresden Files in Savage Worlds if we want to, right. or even World of Darkness with a little bit of tweaking. Um, the other hard pass is games that allow the players to override world creation. There are role-playing games where the players make the world with the, the Game Master. And in theory, I like that. I like it if you're the one that's creating the world that the players are playing in because right. you're creating the world. It's a mutual shared experience. That's one thing. Right. But the problem is, at least for me, in many of the circles I work with or the circles I game with, the people I game with will are 100% just going to abuse that to make either make themselves more powerful or negate something you have in the world. Yeah, they that's are annoying. just going to abuse it. Yeah. Um, certain people I play with are just looking to break the game in their favor. That is how they enjoy the game. They care less about their character than they do about making a unbreakable character. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to take this feat that gives me this, uh, this bonus, not because it makes sense for my character, but because I want this bonus. Like, uh, there's a feat in D&D 5th that lets you crit on 19s. Like, okay, I'm going to take that. And on top of that, I'm going to take this warrior ability that when I critical hit, I get to make an extra attack. So now, if I roll a 19 or a 20, I critical hit, and I get to make a second attack mm -hmm. for free. On top of me being a warrior, which means I already get a second attack, and if I crit on that second attack, I'm attacking again. Mm -hmm. And it's... They... They have no story for their character beyond this is what gives me the most bonuses. Yeah, I find that annoying as well. <laughs> right. See, that's the thing about D&D. But that's the thing is that is how they enjoy playing the game, which is, I mean, which is valid. It's valid for me as the game master to make an enjoyable experience for them, mm -hmm. even though their experience is breaking my game. Yeah. So I I've, can got, relate. Yeah. I, I've got to find a, gra a middle ground on it. But those those are my th three three big like red flags on games. Mm -hmm. That's like I think I was talking to your daughter or somebody else I was talking to about how most a vast majority of Dungeons and Dragons games and role playing games only go for so many sessions and then the thing falls apart because yeah. people's lives, jobs, and so forth. So now when I create characters 
It's like, I'm not worried about, well, should I use this race with this character class? It's better to use this one. I'm like, why? My character isn't going to go that yeah. long. It, you know, I might make it to level five if we keep playing. If I make it to level 10 with these characters, I'm going to be amazed. Oh, man. I think it was I think it was about 10 years ago I had the aha moment of, yeah, this character is not going to last for more than a couple of sessions. So why am I giving them this? page long backstory and making all these plans for like oh when this character gets to this level i want to do this and this and this it's like okay See, i'll grow into that if the game keeps going yeah it's but... like okay my my guy's dave the bard and his thing is he's a bard and yeah i'll just i'll have... do minimal backstory for flavor context of the character but i don't put a lot of thought into it mm -hmm. now if the character starts developing and things are happening and games playing a little bit, okay then i'll start growing into it but again I don't care about getting this race works best with this creature and this category. Right, right. Well, I'm not worried about that. I'm playing the game to have fun and just do what I'm going to do. Cause I know that the game, if I, if I, if we make it to, you know, two years in with the same characters, that's very rare. You know, it happens, but it's not real. You know, games always end up falling apart. And breaking so, our so what I've seen in D and D fifth edition is almost all of our campaigns have broken down about the time we hit sixth level. By the time you hit six, like if you start at first, by the time you hit sixth level, you've been playing a good amount of time. And that's usually when people are like, you get cool stuff, you get cool stuff, you get cool stuff. Then about sixth level, it's like there is an exponentially bigger weight till you hit seventh level. And in that sixth level gap where you're waiting to get to seventh level, that's where everybody loses, like just. Like, okay, I'm bored. Let's do something else. Yeah. With it, again, keeping a group together is hard. People have families, jobs, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can only play on Wednesday nights. Well, I got to work on Wednesday nights. I can play on Thursday nights. I can't because my daughter's got dance on Thursday nights. Well, I can play on Friday nights. Yeah, but we've all got stuff to do. You know, it's yeah. that's the band and, of gaming. And, and just like, just like the, like my friend who his enjoyment of the game is breaking the game, um, I have other friends that their enjoyment of the game is making like the most suboptimal character possible and just this is what I want to do and have fun. And I have to balance the game to them having fun and my superpower gamer guy having fun in the same game. Let's talk about DMing for a second. My DMing style is I will have a grand scheme of where point A and point B, but what I will do is I will try to tag a bunch of little micro adventures that all link together. So like I try to have like, okay, this micro adventure. So boom, you got this done. Now it goes to here. Now it goes to here rather than an overarching one. All the little micro adventures tie together to an overarching larger storyline. And if it doesn't get completed, it doesn't get completed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, I, the idea I, I, of, st I stopped having detailed GM notes uh, a long fucking time ago. Yeah, my um, thing is, how can I try... Here's a whole bunch of ideas that I want to do. How can I chain these all together into some kind of cohesive story right, that's right. fun for everybody? And, and at the same time, the players are going to go in left field, so I'm going to have to be able to exactly. be prepared for left field. Exactly, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of the way that I like to DM stuff, is with the mm -hmm. whole chain. Like, that's the whole... Like, the whole episodic, every week there's a new episode in a grand scheme of things so, kind of thing. So, like... Earlier this year, I was hanging out with one of my friends, and she's running a Starfinder campaign for some of her friends. She was talking to me, and she's like, oh, I got a DM, and I don't know what to do, DM. We're going to start a new adventure, and I just got to figure out what to do. I'm like, okay, well, pick a movie that you love, and you know that movie inside out. She's like, 
okay. I'm like, yeah, but what's a movie you know inside out? She's like, uh, Lord of the Rings. I'm like, okay, we're going to figure out how to run Lord of the Rings in Starfinder. And I sat down with her. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. let's change just enough of the plot so we can set it in this sci-fi fantasy world. Mm-hmm. But you're playing Lord of the Rings. And then the game becomes, how long does it take them to realize that they're playing Lord of the Rings? It's the same for samurai movies and spaghetti westerns. Exactly. And that's how we got and Star Wars. Yep. And it's, it's yeah, and it works. Yeah, exactly. All right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, I think it's about time for our last drink of the evening. Okay. I apologize in advance because it was cold when I got it out of the fridge, but it's been sitting with us. So this is... This is the drink that's probably going to make me spit my mouth out and go, you're such an asshole, because there's always one. This is the mulligan. It is a hard iced tea, lemonade, and vodka combination. Is this like that Perignon or whatever the fuck that shit you made me drink was? No, it's just supposed to be... Like a hard Arnold Palmer. Have you drank this yet? Yes, I have. Um, now I trust you even less because you will have forethought. If this sucks and this is, I'm going to get him to drink it. It's going to suck. All right, here, come on, just just clink and do this just shit. Clink it. Here we go. That is a tasty burger. It is. That is. That is very good. Like I said, it's it's a little bit of alcohol flavor. But you do get iced tea and you do get lemon. What's the proof on this? Uh, this is 8% alcohol by volume. I, this would destroy me because it goes down way too smooth. I think I think this would actually benefit from being served over the rocks. A little bit of water to water it down a little bit. Rocks, gonna... yes, water, no. I could drink this just cold. Just the... it, This is really good. I'm really yeah. surprised that you're not, you're not giving me horseshit. No. <laughs> the look on your face when I said that. No. Why would I do that? Because you've given me bad drinks before. <laughs> I, I told you. It's it's 50-50. It's either really good or really oh, terrible. God. Yeah. So, because it was really terrible last time, I made sure that this time it's good. It's all good oh, stuff. Oh, so the next time we sit down to drink, you're going you're gonna to roast me over a fire. This is good. I like this. Yeah. Then the, is this local or did you buy this up north? Uh, nope. This is... Do, do, do. Proud product of Michigan, produced and bottled by High Five Spirits, Petoskey, Michigan. Uh, so it's not local. It's going to be hard to find then. Yeah, I got this on the island at uh, one of the bars, uh, or no, it was the Grant, or it was the Mackinac Distillery Tasting Room, mm-hmm. and they had this. They had a couple of beers, but of course, it was a fucking cherry beer. So, so that's another interesting thing about Michigan. In Michigan, there is this line, um, and for people who are <laughs> about in, halfway through the state, once you hit it, everything st- turns into cherries. Yeah. about halfway through the state, uh, the the designated point when you're passing through I-75 is Bay City. If you are above Bay City, fucking everything has to have cherry. I enjoy cherry though, mm-hmm. so that doesn't bother me. But like Grand Traverse Distillery has a cherry bourbon. Um, the Mackinac City or the Mackinac Island uh, Distillery, where I got that rum, has a cherry rum. Oh yeah, they got cherry beer. Everything's there's, cherry. There's up there. cherry wheat beer. Yeah, there's fucking cherry everything. Yeah, we went to a restaurant and like with every toast you get their cherry jam, and it's like fuck, I hate cherries. Really? I don't, yeah. Oh man, I love cherry stuff. Oh oh my god. Speaking of which, so we found this bakery like right off the main drag. Uh, close to where the dock is, where you take the ferry to Mackinac. And it's just like Mackinac, a city bakery. 
Oh my god, dude. Like, they're homemade donuts. They're homemade cookies. They're homemade breakfast sandwiches. Everything was just amazingly delicious. You know what? I wonder if your local connections, because we do know of the store that has everything alcoholic right around the block from us. I wonder if he could get this. I wonder. You um, could go in there with that can and be like, sir, order me this. Because I would, I would, I'm all over this shit. Mm -hmm. This is like the most frou-frou, bitchiest drink. That but, is, but Okay, but at 8% alcohol by volume is nothing to snazz at. No, the problem is you can't taste it. Oh, yeah, this no. Is, like, if you've ever had Burdette's Sweet Tea Vodka, like, that is full-on vodka, but it tastes like sweet tea. Yeah. You can drink, like, if you pour that over ice, you just think you're drinking iced tea and not realizing you're drinking vodka yeah. that is iced tea. And then in a couple of hours, you're getting into a fist fight with a bull that's sitting in someone's <laughs> random farm field. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> this is my favorite thus far of the night. I, I, I like the, the caramel, salted caramel porter, even though it doesn't taste like salted caramel, and I enjoy this. The um, bourbon is good, mm -hmm. and I'm not a huge bourbon guy, um, but that is very good. Um, the lime, whatever the hell this thing you gave me, I do not like. Um, well, and, and I yeah. mean, that just might be I made it as a cocktail with yeah. lime, so if you tried it's it okay. straight... Or if you just had it in a rum and coke, it might it might be different for you. Yeah. Um, I I I enjoy it with a little bit of lime, but that's I just like that. I like tart, sour flavors. This is something that I could sit around a fire in my backyard and drink a lot of this and get really really toasted. Well, it's a good thing I have two left. So next time I come over for a fire, I will drink it and we will get toasted. Yeah, and I'll be at my house, so I won't have to worry about getting home. You will not. Yes, you will not. This is good. I, I really like this. I like this a lot. I, I, I had to find I give a this hard, 9 out of 10 Owendies. Yeah, I had to find a hard iced tea to redeem it after making you drink that god-awful one left. That was horrible. Yeah. That was really... Like, th you can't taste the alcohol in this at all. I just no. I just put it down. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. Oh. Yeah, we need we need to get this locally. This this should become the OND drink of choice right here. You know... No, yeah, they, they raised eyebrows of I'm not sure. Oh no, dude, I I enjoy it as well. Well, I think I think after this this wonderful Mulligan cocktail, this is a good place to end it. So, uh, Rojan, where can people find you? You can find me at Project Archivist at www.projectarchivist.com. It's a show that covers the wonderful, the weird, and the strange. It's really nothing like this show. Uh, we just had a milestone where we just passed episode 350, and I think I've been doing my show for going on 13 years now. Um, I, I think I'm at that point. And, um, right now I'm kind of taking a break because summer vacation is here, as we said earlier, and I've got family stuff I got to do me and the wife are going on vacation. There's a bunch of stuff going on. And, um, plus I'm just taking more time with my show now. I'm reading books and booking guests and plus my guests are in the same boat. They're, they're doing stuff with their family. So, um, but again, there's a decent sized back catalog. If you're interested in the unusual, the strange and the weird, uh, go give my show a listen. If you found this podcast, you can probably find mine on the same place you found this one. All right. And I, as always, I am John Patrick, the Master Control Program. You can find Old Nerds Drinking on Facebook, uh, the Old Nerds Drinking Facebook group. Come for the podcast, stay for the memes. You can find us on Instagram at Old Nerds Drinking, though I hardly ever post there. And never have I. I've got Instagram too, and I've never ever posted on it yet. <laughs> and if you'd ever like to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at Old Nerds Drinking at gmail.com. And with that, end of line. Over? Did you say over?
Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. So, what's the plan? Take on, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. Might as well write them off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up, lights out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaky! Yes! All right, come on! Nothing to see here! Please disperse! Nothing to see here, please!